Welcome to the Grace in the Gray podcast, where we use the black and white of scripture to speak truth into the gray areas of culture. I'm one of your hosts, Sam, and I'm joined by Ben and Rick. Hey, guys. Howdy. What's up? I would like to talk about television today. Mm. What are your favorite shows? <laughs> They're totally unprepared. God, yeah, I wish you'd give me a heads up on that. I don't. I feel like this is a cliche answer, so I apologize. I don't watch a lot of television. I feel like not nobody watches a lot of television anymore. Everybody streams stuff, and you. I know need a buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch a lot of television. My favorite show is probably Sports Center because it's the only thing that I watch consistently. Gross. Although it's not as good as it once was, and I am—I'll change my answer a little bit. Mid-flight, uh, I am really into Suits right now. I also just found out that that show is old, like in the past couple of weeks, and I'm like five seasons deep, and I just found out that that show was on TV like years ago. Because <laughs> it was—I think it was like the USA Network. It was Suits and. You ever heard or seen the show White Collar? Yeah. 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 Those two shows just like ruled the world for a season. <laughs> just like, I don't know, network TV stuff. Yeah, and, and I've been talking with Kevin Maloney, who's been our guest host in the past, who is an attorney, and he says that it, that's nothing what it's like to be an attorney. So that's Aww, disappointing to me. So I want to guess that, I guess, yeah. about that show. <laughs> What's the shtick? There's like a guy who's not really yeah, a lawyer. He's not or really something. a lawyer, but he has a photographic memory. Yeah, he's just super. I mean, smart. I'm not going to drop spoilers because the show's brand new. That's literally <laughs> just the premise. <laughs> <laughs> and it's however many yeah. years old. So. What's your favorite, Ben? Uh, I'm embarrassed to admit because there's some, I don't know, just very nerdy stuff. Um, like Japanese anime stuff. Really? Anime, yeah. Um, that's, that's what I'm currently watching. Um, I went through a stint where whenever I would get time, I would try to only watch movies mm-hmm. and split them over like two days. Cause I like the, I don't know. I just like how they're kind of forced to they're finite. smush the narrative into two hours or however long. So I'd watch an hour one night and an hour the next night. And that was a lot of fun. I don't know. Just different like structures. It feels like sometimes with shows, they're just kind of stretching it out as long as they can and buying time. But what else? Ashton and I have been uh, watching New Girl. Oh, I That's see. Okay, one. I loved New Girl, but the minute her and Schmidt, right? They Nick. got together. She and Schmidt got together. Wait, so there's two. Oh no! Are you still watching it? No, Did it's fine. It? Okay. And this is a this is Spoiler. like a second watch through, I think. Okay. So there's Cece and Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Schmidt's like. They're all ridiculous, but he's hilarious. He's yeah, he's like the effeminate one in his. Uh, and then there's Jess and Nick. So I don't know which. I can't remember. Okay, it must have been Jess and Nick. I get well. Either way, when they got together, I lost interest. Yeah. I didn't want to wow. watch it anymore. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, My, new girl or new girl or the office. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, they both kind of feel the same. I try to like. With Ash and I watching shows, we try not to do like too serious or too like sitcommy things back to back. So, like for example, we just finished Ahsoka. We were on vacation. It's a like a Star Wars show on oh. Disney uh, that came out pretty recently. Um, I said nerdy stuff. <laughs> um, before that, we watched a show called Hijack. Nope. Uh, Idris Elba. You know who that is? Mm-mm. Anyway, he's one of my favorite actors. He was in that show. It's pretty good. It's like a thriller up. about. A hijacking, if you can believe it. Ooh. Um, yeah, but we, we try not to watch, like, we like to keep one silly thing and then one serious thing. And in this case, New Girl just happens to be filling the role of silly thing. I've never seen The Office. 
like never an episode? Not a full one. Wow. Yeah, my 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 wife doesn't think it's funny, and for a while I wrestled with if that was the grounds to leave her. It's not. <laughs> I couldn't find anywhere in that in the black and white of scripture that supported oh, that. Come idea. on, man. You can twist a passage <laughs> to say anything. Uh, I couldn't find anywhere in that. She she does not think it's humorous, so maybe you feel there at all. I think it's hysterical. I love The Office. I have watched every season of The Office probably at least three times all the way through. Have you seen the British one? Yeah, bits and pieces. I, like, I've seen whole episodes of it. Yeah. I don't think it's anywhere near as funny. It's different, that's yeah. for sure. Well, the f- like the first episode, the pilot they made for the American office is like beat for beat, a reshoot yeah. of the British one. And the British one is just so much more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Ricky Gervais. I have to get mine in for our female listeners. So what I'm watching right now with Drew is SWAT, which is another old show on Netflix. Okay. Um, but I think they're still coming out with new seasons. So it's like SWAT. a police procedural kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really cool. And there's, you know, a, a narrative that kind of weaves through love story and all that. I, that's what I'm there My for. wife was watching SWAT, and I got into it. And then, again, I don't know how old it is because everything that we watch is Netflix. And so it could be a thousand years older. It could have just come out yesterday. I don't know. Uh, or Amazon Prime. I said we watched that, too. SWAT lost me when it went like super political, right? Like, gotta hang on. Like, went into all of the hot button political things. I just feel like that's low hanging fruit, like COVID stuff, all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm done with them. Yeah. There was enough of that bad that news does, in the world. As a general rule, that drives me crazy. And yeah. it honestly doesn't matter which side of the political aisle. Yeah, so there's, there's like blue bloods. And if you're a conservative, you loved it. If you're not, you hated it. Then there's New Girl. And if you're, or not New Girl, um, Supergirl. Did you guys ever watch Supergirl? It was like so on the nose, like very apparently political in the same way that some of the episodes of Blue Bloods were. But it's it's on the opposite side of the spectrum. And if you were progressive, you loved it. If you weren't, you hated it. Mm-hmm. I just hate if it goes in either direction. Either way, either side of the spectrum, I I can probably justify that you're living in sin if you don't appreciate the mustache in Blue Bloods. Yeah. That's quality. That's yeah. good. <laughs> That's good stuff. And then my all-time favorite show... Not movie, but just show. It's Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that's a dope show. I Incredible could watch that dialogue. Every day. Yes. It's so oh, good. Lorelai and Rory. It makes me wish that like actual regular real life human dialogue was that fast paced. Yes. And and that thoughtful. Like yeah. it just oh, I'm, I love it's, it. the other thing about that show though is it's like it's fun to watch, but if you take a step back and think about like the relationship between Lorelai and Rory, mm-hmm. like not the kind of relationship you want between a mother and a daughter. <laughs> like, no, you shouldn't they're be your just best buddies. Friend, but. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it doesn't make it any less fun to watch. You know? Right. So I asked this question because we all have our favorite shows. Um, and the show that I'm about to bring up may very well be one of your favorites. And I want to know if that's okay. So what about the show Yellowstone? Is it okay for those who are Christians to watch, to enjoy, to talk about shows that have maybe um, a mature rating. Okay. Is that the best way to say it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I've So full disclosure, and this is, again, I started this by saying I don't watch much TV. I've never seen, I'm the office when it comes, I've never even, outside of like Instagram short reels, I've never seen a piece of Yellowstone. Uh, don't have Paramount Plus or whatever you have to have to watch it. Um, but I did, but I did knowing that kind of this was going to be the overarching question, kind of wrestled with what, why are we asking that question? I know that it's kind of one of those shows that has a really good storyline that's really easy for almost both, you know, maybe what we would call traditional gender roles to get wrapped up in that it, that it kind of speaks to both of those. 
but I also recognize that it like much of what comes out in current Hollywood culture also like sprinkles in, and this is always frustrating for me in shows, like sprinkles in an overly sexualized cultural aspect to it. Like this show would have been just as good without that. And I think that's some of the people that some of the some of the things that people wrestle with when it comes to that. And so I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll respond, but that's giving you my framework before I respond. Yeah, that's an interesting point to make that it. I don't know, at least what it brought to my mind was, especially with the issue of like more sexual content is part of it depends on the way that it's kind of couched or the context in which it's shown or depicted. Yeah. Um, I've just like you, I've never seen any Yellowstone. Um, but it seems to be, it seems actually, it seems like every like five years there's a show that has some kind of yeah, game um, of Thrones, that yeah, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, now it's Yellowstone, and then it'll be something else soon. The Witcher for a while. Did yeah, you guys ever yeah. hear about The Witcher? Heard that about it. Nice. That was like the blonde hit, long hair dude. Yeah, yeah. I think my wife watched that one. I don't. It's got the dude who played Superman in okay. Superman Returns yeah. and the Justice nice. League stuff. But yeah, it's yeah. There's always well, and I don't even know if it's like it moves from one thing to the other. It may just have become more the cultural standard to uh, have content like that that's made, especially with the advent of like a. Uh, streaming being the primary methodology for most people to consume material is you don't have the limitations on that content that you would have mm-hmm. if you were watching cable TV. Yeah. Well, and you say consuming content. So the, I've seen a few episodes. I didn't really like the show, so I didn't get hooked. But I mean, there are you there saying are, Kevin Costner's not a cutie? Is that he is. Okay. He, he right. can be my. I just my wanted to know where you fell in that great debate before we got to the <laughs> your old man crush. How old is <laughs> the cause? Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows. He could be like. 45 or he could be like 68 i really don't know it feels like field of dreams that was kevin costner right it feels like yeah field of dreams came out 108 years ago at least it feels like that and somehow kevin costner still looks exactly the same but yeah. anyway go ahead so so i think there's a little bit of everything in the show there's drinking there's sex there might be uh like spousal abuse or at mm. least boyfriend girlfriend um and then there's i'm sure a lot more again i've only seen a few episodes but the Bible doesn't say anything about TV. It doesn't say anything about Netflix. So how do we use the Bible to be able to discern with our Christian worldview when it's okay to watch, when it's okay to engage? How do we how do we use the Bible to help us make that decision? Yeah, I think I mean I think there's tons of passages of scripture that you're going to use that are going to point you towards wisdom that that can certainly be used when we're talking about things like streaming and TV. Obviously, it's not going to. Most of it was written in the first century, so you know, mm-hmm. at least the New Testament. So it's not going to. Mm-hmm. It's not going to speak to Netflix. You know, Jesus and the disciples didn't have that. They didn't get to watch Sports Center. They didn't. They didn't do those things. And so we're in a different culture, but it's still certainly relevant to it. I think I would approach it with understanding, and and we could spend hours talking about all the places that this is in the Bible. But I was. I preached here recently and, and referenced just a small section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and I talked about the Beatitudes. And if you continue in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where at the heart of what he's doing is comparing the kingdom of heaven with the kingdom of earth, and he begins to hold up a lens through which we can view the severity of sin and the opening of a door to the possibility of sin as he teaches through the Sermon on the Mount. And you get to the, you know, if, if you've read the Bible, it's kind of one of those scriptures that people would go, this is really weird and really almost the reason that people would say, I don't. Jesus's teachings are weird where he goes, hey, if you're if you're if your hand causes you to sin, even if it's your dominant hand, cut it off. 
you know what I mean, or cut your eyes out if they cause you to lust, and that's a really real passage. Now, obviously, Jesus is speaking at least somewhat allegorically in those passages, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, Jesus is certainly not arguing for self-mutilation. I don't think that we would argue that from the text at all. Right. But I think there is the thing that's very countercultural, at least in my opinion, is the way that the Bible speaks to the severity of sin, right, and to the severity of the consequences of sin, and then that we are constantly drinking from this tap unknowingly in the culture that we live in today that tries to lessen that severity, that tries to convince you none of these things are that big of a deal, none of these things are good. And then, of course, we can go and you find in Romans that the wages of sin is death, like ultimately all sin leads to death. And so it's it's for me when you back up to the Yellowstone, the Yellowstone or whatever show it is or whatever entertainment you're consuming or, or not even entertainment substance whatever you whatever route you want to go with it I think it's one where there's not black and white I'm not going to treat it like black and white like I'm not going to tell you I can say with definitive answers that this is sin that this is sinful for you to watch I can. With pretty, with pretty firm biblical footing, tell you that I don't believe that that's wise, and I would support that with a number of scripture, including Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, that it sets you up for Jesus's, for God's best for your life and for you to experience the most joy. But I would really caution you that viewing, consuming, willingly participating in things that you know are outside of God's boundaries, that you know are sinful, whether we intend for them to or not. I think just our sinful nature bent and all of those kind of things bend us towards the more that we view and consume those things, the more easily they become just part of life and the more easily they become palatable for us. And I think that presents a danger for you as you consider how you try to live with your life, especially if you're a believer and as you wrestle with what it looks like to become more like Jesus. So, Yeah, I think just in the interest of answering the question maybe as directly as possible, at least from my perspective, I would say, yeah, it's it's okay for your favorite show to be Yellowstone. Um, but even though on issues like this, in many ways, there is a lot of gray going on. We do have some black and white principles that are important. And you brought up the Sermon on the Mount. And I also think it's relevant to talk about the portion of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about um, how it's not only adherence to the laws, but uh, what goes on in your heart and your mind that makes a big difference. One of the struggles is if you're watching content like that or content that displays any kind of darkness or or worldview or behaviors that are contrary to a Christian ethic or the way Christ lived his life, then one of the things that's necessary is for you to be constantly evaluating what that's doing to you. And part of the difficulty with that is that you're going to be absolutely the worst person (laughs) to be able to evaluate it for yourself and we harp on community a lot here, but that's part of the reason we live in community. But what I do know is that without knowing the specific statistics, I won't take a guess, but I mean, do a Google search on the statistics and look at uh, how many men and women are addicted to pornography. And I don't think that can be divorced from the issue of sexuality creeping its way into more casually consumed content. Um, so I think if you're if you're a person who's walking through that struggle, first of all, know that there's there's love in the gospel, there's forgiveness in the gospel, but there's also a desire for you to learn what it might look like to live God's way and the fruit that can be born from that. And that means getting out of some of those bad habits as difficult as that process may be. And I don't think because those issues can't be divorced from each other, I don't think it's possible for you 
to responsibly have one of those shows be your favorite show for casual watching and still be walking through that struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, And we live in community, so somebody can point out that kind of incongruency in our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would still say yes, if if you're living in biblical community with people that can see what's going on in your life and uh, who are loving and caring, but also confrontational enough to ask hard questions like, hey, you're telling me you're struggling with this. I'm, I'm so appreciative of the fact that you're being honest in that way. What are you consuming? What's going into your mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me think of like Philippians 4 when uh, he's it's like in his salutation to his letter, he's just instructing the church to whatever is good, whatever is pure whatever it is holy noble. cool whatever is neat i don't know i can't remember <laughs> whatever swell but all of these positive things are what you should be dwelling on mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I, like i i would just kind of echo that like that 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 cry from philippians it's just the truth of the matter whether you're a believer or not but specifically talking to you as a believer like it's hard right like it's hard to push for sanctification for personal holiness and yeah, there's there's moments where that battle feels like it's getting easier, where it feels like you're walking in community and community's up and you feel that. And then there's moments that it feels like you're losing that battle, right? And first I would tell you, just like Ben said, there's there's grace and love for you and mercy in the gospel. Um, and the compelling of the gospel is is not come to moral uprightness, but come to love and then respond morally as a result of that. And when you fail to respond morally to that, you don't cancel the love, like you don't get less love or less gospel because you fail. But just recognizing that the calling to look different than culture, especially when it comes to living a life abstaining from sin, like trying to live that life, is so very difficult. I just, I would just wrestle with why do you make it harder, especially if you're somebody who's bent, who has a predisposition to be bent towards things like a pornographic addiction or or even like drinking, yeah, or, or if you have some yeah, kind of struggle of with uh, that kind of addiction, yeah, yeah. I mean, you like you wouldn't tell somebody that that wrestles with with struggling with alcohol, like, hey, meet me for dinner at the bar and we're going to sit at the bar. Like, but it seems like our culture convinces us that you can do that. And I would tell people the statistics specifically on pornography. And I'm I'm like, you I won't try to make it up, even though that's one of my gifts is is go and look at like the scientific research of what consuming pornography does to a human being, like consuming it over a period of time where it becomes a regular part of your life. And it's, it's somehow like we've we've wrestled this out that Pornhub.com is pornography, but Yellowstone is not, or Pornhub.com, these things that are actually pornography, like that would mm-hmm. prescribe themselves as that is pornography, but these things that describe themselves as Hollywood entertainment are not. And I'm like, the... I'm like you're 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 trying to split hairs. The big one, you know, not too terribly long ago, but was the whole Fifty Shades series mm-hmm. when it came out, and that was that was so interesting because that was the first time I remember, at least in our lifetime, it being maybe more bent because that one seemed to be more bent at the female perspective. And then shortly after that, we got Magic Mike that came out, and so it went that way. Like, and and that's you know, both both sides gender equally in this whole thing and i'm like man there's there's so much damage that happens not just spiritually but even biologically to us as a result of consuming that stuff and it's i always love those where where 
where science almost seems to catch up to to biblical concepts, right? Like the things that we see spelled out in the Bible that these are these are not going to be good for you, and then science comes out and it's like, hey, this isn't. We just discovered this is not good for you, and it's like, no, two thousand years ago <laughs> they said it's not good for you, mm-hmm. right? And it, that's always interesting to me. But that's a sidebar for a different day. <laughs> yeah. So if you are a Christian and you don't feel like you struggle with with these things and you do watch the show. Are there good things we can take from it? I think that shows being put out now often reflect some of the struggles within society. So while watching it, what can we take away? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, The first thing I would respond with is maybe saying, be hesitant to categorically say that you don't struggle with fill in the blank. That should right be something now. that you're constantly <laughs> in like a loop of uh, not only feedback from your community, but also evaluating for yourself. So I haven't noticed any negative outcome from viewing fill in the blank right. may even be a better way to think, but that, that may be splitting hairs as far as stuff to take away. You have to be really cautious um, for obvious reasons, because there's, there's generally an agenda and the agenda is not, um, let's tell uplifting stories when it comes to the creation of that kind of content. The agenda is usually let's, let's get as many eyes on this as possible for as long as possible. Um, and people love a train wreck. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, I don't know, Rick, you got anything on that? Like what, yeah, how do you know what to take know. away I mean, or I whether you maybe, should take anything yeah, away? I think I would call, I would use, again, I would use extreme caution in wrestling with that because that feels like even that line of thought opens the door to justify something that doesn't need to be justified, if that makes sense. Like, well, I'm, well, I'm watching it, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to glean this positive thing from it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're wrestling that difficultly with something that are like, I'm just looking for something positive, there's probably an indicator to you right there that you may be somewhere outside of the boundary of where you need to be. And the fact that it's that difficult for you to glean that, uh, the only positive thing that maybe I that I think you could pull, in, and it's not just specifically from Yellowstone, and that would be difficult for me to answer because again, I've, I've never seen the show. Is there is some value I think in my mom used to always word it, not becoming so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Like there's some value in seeing what our current cultural climate is wrestling with, that enables you to maybe live out the Great Commission life a little bit better given your current cultural climate. But I would, again, caution you very, very, be very hesitant to go, I'm watching this so that I can live the Great Commission better, right? You don't, you don't have to go to a strip club <laughs> to share the gospel in order for the gospel to penetrate the strip club. There's ways that you can do that that are wise for you and good for people who may wrestle with things that happen in environments like that mm-hmm. that don't require you walking away from the very clear, from the black and white that we see paved in scripture that you don't have to wrestle with it. So I think, but that's interesting because that's kind of the line of thought that I'm thinking, that I was thinking through as we started, like, again, our culture, and even it's leached into Christian culture, just as a natural byproduct of all of us drinking from that tap, we try, we seek so hard to justify. And it's like, if we're seeking that hard to justify, maybe just pause for a moment and recognize that maybe that's, God through the Holy Spirit or God through the spiritual gift of discernment in your life just trying to get you to recognize like, hey, maybe you're trying to justify means this doesn't need to be. Yeah, I think I think part of the conversation on what we can or what we should take away from content that's generated like this is uh, 
what kind of authority are you giving it? Mm-hmm. Like understand that it's made for it's made to make money first and foremost, and second of all, it's made to make money by means of being entertaining mm-hmm. or engaging. Um, so treat it as a source of entertainment. But if it happens to have things that seem to ring true, hopefully the reason you know that it rings true is because it's echoing something that does have authority. Um, in our case, hopefully it's an echo of uh, uh, Jesus, <laughs> religious <laughs> principles, Christian principles. His book. You know, his book, yeah, the Bible, <laughs> biblical text, all that good stuff. So hopefully you, you actually have a firm foundation uh, in something like the Bible that gives that does have that authority so that you can be comparing anything that you may want to pull from that as some kind of deeper truth. There's another element of this conversation that I'd be interested to get both of your thoughts on. I guess there's two different things, and I'll start with the first. Like We talked a little bit about, I think it was the week when we discussed boycotting. Like, what does it actually mean for somebody who's a believer, for somebody who has a Christological worldview. I don't. I don't know what the right word is, but how how do you act as like a responsible member of the marketplace, so to speak? Like if there's if there's a show that's creating content that's pretty contrary to the worldview of Christianity, and you consume it, you're also funding it. Mm. That's that's how it works. So that that feels like another relevant part of the conversation, at least. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean. I think that's a fair question because Jesus certainly talks a great deal about money, right? And so money is, is is also kind of one of those lenses that look into the heart. And yeah, I think that's definitely something to bring to this conversation is recognizing like, hey, you're not just consuming this for your entertainment. You're not just, con- well, that's not just, that's not the end game, like completely mm-hmm. if you flesh that thought all the way out. Through participating in this or through consuming this, you are in essence sanctioning the further production of entertainment that works this way. Because mm-hmm. if if nobody watches the show, they don't make another show like that, right? Yeah. But if the entire and this happens all the time with all of the types of shows that we've, we're mm-hmm. we're talking about right now, right? Like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones comes out, and then there's 99 spinoffs yeah. uh, that come out that are some kind of version of you know Middle Eve, medieval times you know lordship and that kind of stuff uh, was it hbo that made game of thrones Mm -hmm. and then netflix made the witcher the witcher was actually like a direct response to uh, game of thrones like they made it to try to compete and so i you know i think there's there's even some some battling or some conversation that i think is worth having in like for you thinking about that like what are you sanctioning for our culture to get more of Right. And it, are we are we buying into and subscribing to something that's teaching are going to further a message that we don't support? Right. And like it's so weird because it's it's always deeper than entertainment. But most of us probably haphazardly feel like we watch that for entertainment and entertainment alone. But the issue is always deeper than this is just something to do before I fall asleep for an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, right. That definitely has echoes that reverb through many more circles than that and so that's i never thought about that it's a cool thought though like i mean it's just like if something goes viral on social media it's because of the likes the shares the subscribes yeah we're doing that with the shows we watch yeah yeah we end up especially with the fact that like a lot of content creation is generated by or decided on by uh what what kind of reaction similar forms of content got yeah, it's. I mean, you're not just voting with your paycheck anymore because you can say I'm I'm buying Netflix, but really I'm only watching uh, Wholesome Show One, Wholesome Show Two, so on and so <laughs> forth. Yeah. Um, but um, 
any show that you decide to watch, they look at the metrics for that and then they say this is doing well. And also, like, let's let's be honest, Ho- Hollywood knows that that sex and violence sell. Um, and there's a reason why as soon as the constraints of cable television are lifted and they have that complete artistic freedom, I think there's a lot of arguments that have been made for like, well, this is just what happens when you give artists license to kind of exercise their artistic integrity. It's like, I don't know about that. I think, I think in essence, another thing you have to recognize is that when some of those things are utilized, not just nudity, but also like hyper aggressive stuff or like violence or stuff like that, like they're, they're kind of bypassing your, the frontal lobe part of your brain that thinks real clearly about stuff and getting right down to some of those like primordial motivations so they can sell you something. Mm -hmm. And that like, that makes a difference just, and I don't say that to say avoid these shows at all costs or avoid any show that kind of reaches into those primal instincts, because there's a reason why we as human beings kind of thirst for those kind of stories because they're meaningful in a very, very deep way. But just just recognize that somebody's always trying to sell you something and don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of and recognize that your decisions drive the market. Maybe some more things to keep in mind. The other thing I was wondering, like, okay, you have a handful of things that generally come up popular in discussions like these, and one of them would be nudity, obviously, or sexual content in some way. Another might be language. Another might be, I don't know, what else would you list? Violence. Violence or gore. Yeah. All the things that our mom wouldn't let us watch TV shows because it was in there or yeah. in the video game yeah. rating. Well, and yeah, all the stuff that gets listed, I guess, by by the rating agencies for whatever kind of content we're talking about, whether it be like video games or movies or TV. I'm going to say this and I don't know where it's going, but like what about gender roles? How do you mean? Like I think one of the main characters, Beth, she is is not the stay-at-home mom like – typical female role that you see in some sitcoms she's she's drastically different yeah so i mean maybe that would just go on that list yeah maybe so i think one thing to recognize though is at least as far as like nudity violence and language those are things that they're not so tied to specific worldviews that um the rating agencies wouldn't look at them if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like a rating agency isn't going to look at like non-traditional gender roles and say like that needs to be PG instead right. of G. Um, but they would look at something like violence, nudity, um, language. I guess the things say, that are out of norm for her, for the, for the female gender are her violence, her drinking, her, <laughs> yeah, so all those things. So she does. Part yeah. Of the conversation <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That, I don't know that, that draws up an entirely different dimension of the conversation, which is how far do you take and I have a I have a specific perspective on this that that I'm free to share or comfortable with sharing, and then you guys can respond. But when it comes to some of that stuff that's a little bit more tied specifically to worldview, like my philosophy has always been, I don't and shouldn't expect every piece of creative media to reflect my own worldview. Mm-hmm. I, well, not everybody has my own worldview. Why would they be adopting it in their creative work? Yeah, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I mean. I- yeah, I think there's an important piece in that, like just recognizing that this is, it's weird because entertainment, art, anything is produced for you, but not for you, right? And so it's not for your specific worldview. It's not all written from a biblical worldview or anything like that. And so you yeah. wrestle with, okay, like you can go there if you want to go find shows. I'm sure that you can go to, there's a number of resources. I'm sure you could Google and find a bunch of entertainment that's all from a biblical worldview. I wish. I'll go on the record with this, especially if you're a non-believer. I will side with you and go that we have a tremendous problem that a very high percentage of the Christian 
movies that come out are just hot steaming garbage uh, yeah, that no are fan. just it's just brutal there are some good ones like, there's a gut if you're heaven watch, is for real yeah, I mean I don't, <laughs> never seen it no. I've kind of given up on a lot of that if you, I just want you to hear Facing the Giants if you're an actor not a fan yeah. any of those that like were shot down there in Georgia is like a part of that like line of films that came out Fireproof mm-hmm. I think was another one. Oh, what was the one with Jeremy Camp uh, what's his song uh, it was really good <laughs> I'm gonna link it in the show notes because you gotta watch it. <laughs> right. Go for it. Ben, you have to watch it. Uh, no, I'm not I just, watching I it. just wanna. I'll transition. This was not intended in the show, but if you're a good actor or actress watching this, and I mean good, like people have told you you're good, not just you have told you that you're good, and you have interest in like you're jumping. so good, me. <laughs> you're real good at this, me. Uh, if uh, if you have some interest, the Christian. The Christian movie scene could really use your help. Yeah. Like they, please step in. Please help. Directors just across the board. It's casting. the writing for me, too. Yeah, all the way across the board. Um, Here's, I think, honestly, the struggle with it, we've totally swerved off course. <laughs> but I think part of the problem with it is that, like, that, like, there's this unbelievably small percentage of people in the world that are just incredibly creative people, like beautiful story writers, um, stuff like that. And then I think... Then you like draw an even smaller circle around this subset of the population, which is incredibly creative and Christian. And number one, there's so few of them. Um, and number two, I think what inevitably happens is then you kind of force more people that maybe don't have that ability. They're not the cream of the crop. They're just the ones who can do it, but are also Christian or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think you end up with like, honestly, like you might like facing the giants. I really want to know an answer to this question. I haven't seen it in like, or, or whatever. What was the other one you mentioned? Years. Uh, heaven, is, heaven is real. Heaven is yeah. for real. But the most recent one is the Jeremy Camp. Uh, is it I Still Believe? Probably. That's I his think, song. Okay. That's the movie is yeah. the movie's I Still Believe. Yeah. Well, m- maybe that one's different because he's got a, a, he's got a sweet, sultry voice, so that might make him. It's the hair too. He had that like uh, early two thousands worship leader like <laughs> peacock hair, which he wasn't in it. Okay, so you know the the show Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the Archie from Riverdale plays Jeremy Camp in it was, the movie. Is Archie from Riverdale one of the um, kids that was on Sweet Life of Zach and Cody? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> one of those how, guys is in how Riverdale. How did we get here? <laughs> okay, well, I think we talked about what we actually came to talk about and then some. So I I didn't expect like a, a drawn line of it's sinful to watch Yellowstone or it's perfectly fine. And that's kind of what we came away with. Basically, examine your heart. And if you are not currently struggling, how do we word that, Ben? I don't know. (laughs) Um, It might be okay for you to watch it. It is up to you. Yeah, as long as you're continuously evaluating what it may be doing to you and recognizing any relation it may have to the things that you are struggling with. Yeah, I I I would word it. You have freedom in Christ to partake in that type of entertainment if you desire. I would just say that the freedom that Christ purchased for you also calls you to live in a wisdom that may make it not wise for you to consume that type of content. Mm-hmm. That would be my your my, parting words. Everything is stance. permissible, not everything yeah, is good. Absolutely. Ooh, yeah, good one. I'll reference that too. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, whatever you choose to turn on the TV when you get home, um, remember this podcast <laughs> and let it be Veggie Tales. <laughs> But like, share, subscribe, um, share it with somebody. Hey, if you have a friend you watch Yellowstone with, maybe y'all can talk about the podcast. We'll see you again in two weeks.